0: The 428th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win a 100 times your entry. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Fall of Fame bets app or visit HOFBETS.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today.
1: Howdy ho, DeGenerino, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast network episode 428 is going out to jose daniel medina just because he has it whatever it is thank you for coming to the show i'm one of your hosts jeff chalks fox the ufc is back baby after a week off so we've got a ufc fight night to break down for you today the prelim portion of it and we'll we'll probably recap the jose daniel medina show that went down last night as well (laughs) what the heck right um all that and more will be Rammed in your ear holes over the next twenty to thirty minutes. So buckle up. Uh, I'm not here alone. Of course, I have the Jose Daniel Medina whisperer himself, Daniel Gumby Breeland. Hello. And he's he's
0: so bad. <laughs> I know. So
1: bad. He yeah, looks so bad. He fought so bad.
0: Yeah. If you if you have a fight in the UFC, it, well, not in the UFC and and contender series or anywhere for that matter. And the, the first critique is like, I think he might be good if he went down two weight classes, <laughs> two weight yep. classes, like I, I, he's chunky in a division where you don't need to be chunky. You know, that that's also a bad sign. He talked about being yep. a full time vet. Uh, I imagine that is not changing based on uh, his, his performance and in, in the typical pay structure coming off a contender series. It's just such a weird move. And and maybe it's because they had only four fights and he had a quota to reach. But, man, Medina just seems like, and I said it before we started taping, he is most definitely the worst dude they've signed off a contender series.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, what did you show in the fight?
0: That he's got Honestly, a hard what, head. What he's show? got a hard head.
1: <laughs> yep. He didn't get knocked out. That's that's what he showed. He, he got thoroughly outclassed. Um. He looked the way you expected him to look heading into the fight. Yeah, like looking at the at the uh, makeup of the two men, you're like, okay, this this is how that fight's gonna go, and that's how it went. He got destroyed the whole fight. So
0: yeah, he, he looked. It's, he looked. He also looked slow, right? Like he's a big fat guy, and he, you were like, oh, yep. I bet you that guy's slow. And then he was slow. It wasn't like it was like, <laughs> oh wow, he really really figured it out there. Listen, I just want to share with you the, these stats because they're they're appalling. Uh, yep. In that fight, significant strikes. He was outstruck seventy three to twenty four. The dude shot fought for five minutes and he landed twenty four strikes total. Yep. He yep. went. But, he went. Hmm. He went twenty at eighty one to the head. That means he he landed a quarter <laughs> of the things he threw to the head, uh, and it was only so twenty crazy. punches. It wasn't even good. <laughs>
1: And he was a plus five twenty underdog too, so it's not like we're going to make money off of him going forward because the the books are onto him. So it's not like uh, whoever he fights in the UFC, he's going to we're going to get a favorable favorable line. The only positive is he is a Samurai Fight House veteran. He fought <laughs> uh, he fought an eleven and twenty two fighter in Samurai Fight House two fights ago. So yeah, yeah.
0: that's fantastic. Or two wins
1: ago. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Cool. I, so I was trying to uh, I was trying to think of middleweights. That like okay maybe against that middleweight he serves some sort of chance right but if you go to the bottom of middleweight like you remember Val Woodburn that's probably the worst course, guy in the U.S. the Gardner yeah yeah the Gard yeah that's right he, the he's, vet uh,
1: versus the Gardner
0: and he fought Bo Nickel and looked bad against Bo Nickel but like even he would wreck him right like if he goes down to middleweight Medina is not beaten Val Woodburn you know like yeah. he's not beating you know Chris Leroy like. Uh, Cesar Almeida got signed off of this season of Contender Series for middleweight. He's 80 times the fighter Medina is. So, like, I, man, I I just don't know what they're looking to do with this guy other than turn him into somebody's punching bag.
1: And guess what? He doesn't fight at middleweight. He's a light heavyweight. He had yeah. a chance to get into shape. <laughs> He'd get into shape for this big shot that he was given, and he still was a light heavyweight. So, yeah.
0: Uh, although maybe, maybe his move is staying up there. There are probably worse guys up there. But even, like... oh yeah. Man, I'm I'm even thinking of like the worst light heavyweights, right? Like the Pleasure Man went 0 3 in the UFC, and to my knowledge, <laughs> yep. he's still not fired. He'd be a yep. he'd be a negative 500 favorite, right? Like like yeah,
1: probably. He'd yeah. be
0: a massive favorite, and he would definitely win.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Interesting, interesting, inter- well, not interesting. Uh, fun. <laughs> um, all right, the positives from last night, Gumby. Do you have positives that that you uh, took in from last night's show?
0: yeah more uh more fighting nerds um pro yep, fighting nerds That came through and if you i i know when we talked on the show uh ruffy was it's Rufy were they saying were they saying Rufy? yeah they were saying that yeah but R- if he's brazilian yeah. it should not be it should not shouldn't it be hoofy it should at least be hoofy if not huffy yeah but, it's, but regardless yeah. I'll, I'll go with what they were saying Rufy uh if you waited, I know when we talked about it on the show on Sunday, he was plus 135, and I love that number. Um, If you waited, he got to I, – I saw him at plus 195. So, like, if you waited a little bit, there was a lot of money on the return on him, and it wound up being uh, – I wouldn't say a great performance out of him. The third round looked like what I expected him to do in all of the rounds. um, But he looked good.
1: Yep. That is true. That is true. Uh, we lost a fight, so uh, we ended up with only four fights. Gummy went two and two. The resume picks came through again, three and one, including a plus two seventy dog I hit in the main event.
0: Yeah, Boleto, uh <laughs> or Bolado. uh He fixed all of the problems that he had in the Vitor Petrino fight, right? Like my my biggest concern was is that like, and I even said it on Sunday. Talha tires and doesn't look good in the late rounds. But Boletto historically had done the same thing, and then also we find out on the broadcast, which I I don't know if I didn't do enough research or what, that Tala is nine or uh, what was it seven months off of a torn ACL. Um, Yeah, that that probably yeah that probably changes the calculus a little bit. And I'll also just give it up to Boletto, like he he or Boleto, he he really fixed the cardio issue that he had in prior fights. Um, and he looked good in there, so so shout out to uh, him. He he might be an interesting guy. Like uh, I would say, him and him and Rufi are are probably the most interesting dudes to come off that episode. Yep,
1: yeah, interesting stuff. One more one more week to go, Um and then it turned into a slog. The slog of Daniel Weiss' Contemporary Series twenty twenty three will be. <laughs> We'll be done, but we'll we'll forget about that and we'll be looking forward to it again uh, the next season soon enough because that's, that's the way it works around here. Anything uh, exciting coming up in week 10 or anyone exciting coming up week
0: 10? Well, we're going to get to see that Davi Black fight after all. So it looks like they just rebooked that fight up a weight class. I don't know if that's going to change how I handicap it because, you know, you already had one guy with some issues in terms of weight cutting. Now he's going to have to do another weight cup, maybe not down as far I don't know what that fight looks like with people a little heavier. So that's a real weird one. Um, and then outside of that, uh, you know, like one of the people who I was looking forward to fighting is dropped out, which kind of sucks. Um, but a guy who I interviewed who is on the show, uh, Cort- actually three guys I interviewed are on the show, Cortebius Romius, uh, Connor Matthews, Therese Finney. So I'm excited to see all of them fight.
1: Oh, there you go. So that is next week. This week we have, UFC fight night, Dawson versus green, uh, the headline fight. We didn't know we needed, but we're getting, or maybe we don't need it, but we're going to get it regardless. So we will break down all of that in a, a quick sec, but for well, actually just the prelims, not all of it. First, I got to tell you about game time. Cause you're going to win lots of money. Thanks to us. And then, uh, you can go buy some tickets to, uh, your favorite event from game time. You can even wait last minute if you like, and uh, not be stressed out about it because game time has your tickets at the best price, last minute for whatever you're looking for because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more aka mma game time guarantee means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time Time app, create an account and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And our friends at Hall of Fame Bets help you win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with the Hall of Fame, with Hall of Fame Bets, excuse me, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off Your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, we did the research for this coming or yeah, this coming Saturday's UFC Fight Night. And now we're gonna give you all the research we did. Sure. UFC Fight Night, Dawson versus Green, aka UFC Vegas 80. This Saturday, October the seventh, UFC Apex. We are doing the prelims first. They start at 4 p.m. Eastern and they are on ESPN plus we've got a 6 fight prelim card and a 5 fight main card. Um prelims we shall kick things off with a women's flyweight bout Montana Della Rosa versus JJ Aldrich. And I will tell you about Aldrich. First, she is 12 and 6 with three knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice, 8 and 5 in the UFC. 1 and 2 over her last 3 and 4 and 2 over her last 6. Uh she did win her last fight via TKO. Uh and she's taking this fight on a short notice. Our short notice stats are what they have always been. They have not really changed at all. Short notice fighters are winning 37% of the time historically, or at least since I started tracking about three years ago. Uh, this year, they're a bit better. They're at 45%. So uh, they're doing a little bit better that way. Um, all right, back to Aldridge. Used to fight at uh, 125 pounds. So flyweight, three and one in evicta, Better striking and uh, more active landing strikes than De La Rosa. However, she has been outstruck. Over her UFC career by 0. 0.52 strikes a minute. And she's at plus 120. Monty De La Rosa. 12, 8, and 1. One knockout, 8 submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 5, 4, and 1 in the UFC. She's lost two straight fights. And she's only won one of her last five. She's gone 1, 3, and 1 over her last five. Lost her last five via submission. Has not won since June of 2021. One one in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight up at flyweight as well. She has missed weight. So keep an eye on that. Uh, was regional champion two inches taller, one inch of reach over Aldridge, three years younger, better grappling stats. And she also has been outstruck by her opponents pretty much the same rate that Aldridge has. She's at minus 0.59 strikes per minute, and she's at minus 130. And we kick things over to Gumby.
0: I'm actually gonna start underdog here. I, I'm gonna go with JJ Aldridge. Uh, in when, when she got noticed or you know, uh, announced as the replacement fighter for De La Rosa. I was like, oh, that that might be a slightly better matchup for De La Rosa than Stephanie Egger, who is the original opponent was. But then I got to thinking in Aldrich has historically had a pretty easy time with people who are grapple heavy um, because she's got, you know, pretty decent takedown defense. She's hard to hold down. And in addition to all of that, she like outstrikes grapplers really easy. I mean, like, just look at her last four victories and granted i am discounting two losses in the middle of these but like look at her last four victories na liang grappler extraordinaire right like that's all she does jillian robertson that's all she does is grapple vanessa demopoulos you know heavy grappler courtney casey you know basically a wrestler who boxes a little bit so like she's done really well against grapplers and, and even if you go back and you watch that fight with aaron blanchfield I think people forget she won the first round against Aaron Blanchfield uh, and then was like stuffing takedowns and forcing her to strike before she got caught in a standing guillotine choke. Blanchfield never actually got her down. So like the fact that she kept Blanchfield on the feet long enough and she, you know, got back up against all of those other fighters enough to win these fights. I think it gives her a, a lot of hope here against De La Rosa. So I'm, I'm going to go with Aldrich here.
1: I have changed my pick. As I was reading the resumes, I changed my mind. Yeah, I'm going to Aldridge as well. Uh, I'm not worrying about the the short notice aspect on this as much. And you, you laid it out pretty good. Yeah. Just look at her her last what four wins. Um, Del Rosa fits right in, basically the level of fighter and the type of fighter as as those fighters there. So yeah, I will I will go with Aldridge uh, too. I can see her winning um, waiting
0: uh, the waiting fight here. So. And I also, dog I'll, right I'll, after, <laughs> I'll also just add this, too, to your point, you know, because we talked a lot about Aldrich's resume in there, too. If, if you're looking at the type of people that that beat De La Rosa, it's people who can body her up a little bit, too. Right. Like Macy Barber, notoriously strong. Nat- uh, Tatiana Suarez. We, I mean, like that's a that's an anomaly similar to the yeah. Aaron Blanchfield fight. But Viviana Arroyo, uh, Andrea Lee. Right. These are just women who are extraordinarily strong. Whereas when she fought people like Nadi Kassim or Mara Barello or Maro, Romero Barella or Ariane Lipsky, who's not particularly a strong fighter, like all of them, she could handle and She could take down. So like when she she sort of met with physicality, she has a tough time with it.
1: And for those who think, yeah, you always got to take the women's underdog. No, that's that's not a thing. Maybe it was at some time, but 67 um, percent favorites are coming through this year. 67 percent of men's favorites and 67 percent of women's favorites so we're not just taking the dog for the, the heck of it but uh I, I think we pretty much made that clear anyhow with our our breakdown there all right uh when we sticking with flyweights we are we're going to the men's side nate manis versus matias mendonka or mendoza as i like to say uh we're going to start with manis mayhem manis 14 and three five knockouts, three submissions he's been knocked out once submitted once Three and two in the UFC. He won his first three and then lost his last two fights. Last one via submission. He's not one since September of 2021. Used to fight uh, up at Bantamweight and up at uh, Featherweight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. SportsgameThepodcast.com slash store. 2013 was his pro MMA debut. Four inches height, one inch reach over Mandonka. Uh he's got better striking and grappling stats. Uh however, he has been out strike over his UFC career by 2.71 strikes a minute. Not a good uh not a good number there at all. And this isn't a small sample. We're talking five fights for him at this point. And he's at plus 220. Not a good number either, unless you want to bet him. Um Mendonca nickname is Bocal. Do you remember what that means? Big mouth. Uh yes, mouth or big mouth. Yes, he's 10 and 1, three knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. 01 in the UFC. One known Contender Series is not one since September of 2022. He's fight up at bantamweight, eight years younger than Manus. or active landing strikes. Uh, he's got to, uh, he's been out strike over the out excuse me over the two fights in the octagon, one in the UFC, one in the Contender Series. He's been out struck by 3.86 strikes a minute, which is even worse than Manus. Smaller sample though, minus 250. Um, this is one I've switched on just before we went to air. I, I was I was going to go with the big dog and then. Um, he really manus really hasn't looked good as of late and mendoka is way way eight years younger which is a huge gap especially at a at the lightest men's um weight class um and like i said manis seems to have kind of fallen off the cliff even though he, he he has fought good people his last two fights uh uh and and uh one of the normaga made um but still i think mendoka i'm gonna go with the younger fighter in this fight um guy who's looked better Recently, more recently than uh, Manus, at least. So give me the minus 250 on Big Mouth.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that you liked uh, you liked his his strength of schedule, because I actually think Mendonca's is better uh, when, okay. when you look at it. Tell I the mean, he's, he's coming off of fighting. Uh, he's coming off of having fought. Um, is it Bacher? Javid Bashirai. Uh and, and for me, you know, like that that already is just like a better a better loss and he went 15 minutes with him right like if, if you can go 15 minutes with javid basharat like i i feel like that's already more impressive than anything else and he, he lost that fight 30 27 uh across well not across the board i, I forgot adelaide bird gave him around um so we, we <laughs> i saw her sitting
1: sitting proudly
0: cage side last night yeah we we don't we don't count her uh giving him around but like he hung in there for 15 minutes with javid basharat I don't think Nate Manis brings any of the same kind of skill as Boshra. He hits so hard. And, and I think the other like elephant in the room here is like Nate Manis looks so bad at flyweight. I don't know why he's going back down to flyweight. Um, I, I, the, well, then again, that being said, like Mendonca hasn't really fought at flyweight recently either. I mean, he has way back when. Um, are we sure this fight is happening at flyweight? I know it's Tapology has, yeah. like, he has been a bantamweight most of the time here. Yeah, that, this, this would be a real weird one, regardless of what weight class is in. I mean, uh, Manis looks a little bit better up at Bantamweight. So if it's there, I don't feel as good about this line. But man, Madonka hits hard and Manis is there to be hit. And he's looked real bad lately. So to, to all your same points, I'm taking Madonka.
1: Yep, there we go. OK, so that's the two flyweight fights uh, that we we're kicking things off with, or we assume it to be a flyweight fight. That's what it says on on. Uh, everywhere i've looked so we'll see if they come in at 125 or not but um like gumby said not going to change your picks regardless women's strawweight kanako murata versus the aforementioned vanessa demopoulos who was on gumby's podcast a few weeks back so listen to that it's actually one of the rare um suitable for work suitable for children's ears uh interviews with her which doesn't yeah, happen.
0: yeah 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 she, she was pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. mild
1: <laughs> yes uh all right We're going to kick things off with her. The one and only little monster, Vanessa Dimopoulos nine and five, one knockout four submissions, never been finished in a fight herself. She does take a beating, but she does not quit. She's three and two in the UFC. She's gone three and one over her last four. did lose her last fight though. Uh, She also missed her weight, her missed weight, her last fight. So keep an eye on that. I already said that once this episode of the stats on that fighters that miss weight only win 38% of the time. Historically, 33% Thirty-three percent of the time this year, so it's it's a trending down even even worse for people who uh, who miss weight. So it kind of defeats the whole purpose of uh, or, or the myth that cutting weight is going to help you win fights in the end. So, um, all right, she used to fight up at flyweight. O and one on contender series was the LFA champion. An inch taller than Murata, more active landing strikes. However, she's been outstruck over her UFC and contender series career by almost two strikes a minute. She's at minus one point nine. And on the betting board, she's at plus 295. Murata, 12 and 2. Two knockouts, four submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once, so finished in both for losses. 1-1 one and one in the UFC. Lost her last bet via injury, but it, was, it wasn't was a fluke injury, right, Gumby? It was an
0: no. arm bar injury. Was it an arm bar injury or a kick to or... the arm? might have been a kick to the arm or something like that. It might have been an arm bar injury. I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, thought, I thought she dislocated her arm um, in a submission, but... Regardless, she hurt her arm. That was back in June of 2021. Uh, before all this, she was 2 0 in Evicta and the champion there. He's fight at Flyweight as well, is a multiple time wrestling champion uh, at a national level. Uh, three inches of reach on Demopolis. She's five years younger, better striking stats, better grappling stats. Um, however, she has been outstruck, outstruck over her UFC career by 0. 0.52 strikes a minute, and she's at minus 310 on the board. We got a lot of big lines this week. You we didn't really mention that off, off the top, but there, there's quite a few big favorites
0: on this card yeah and this one's all Murata. I, I i'm a little bit worried about the layoff um you know like two and a half or almost two and a half years away is is obviously a cause for concern especially when you see a negative 300 favorite but if she comes back fighting anything like she did against Random marcos or emily ducat or you know like any of those previous fights uh from right before she left should be fine against demopolis because the thing about demopolis is like she's not going to out wrestle Murata and her thing is she's good at jujitsu. So like if Murata is liking what's happening with the hands, Murata keeps it standing. If Murata doesn't like what's happening on the, with the hands, she takes her down. And I think her takedowns are obviously good enough to get Demopolis down. So like, then you're betting on Demopolis to, to like swing an arm bar from the bottom. I I just don't see it. Uh, as much as I like Demopolis and I think she's got like, you know, kind of a intriguing, promising career arc here. I, I think, the idea of her hitting a submission from the bottom seems unlikely against somebody like Murata. And I'll say, if you do think she's going to get it, just bet that just better by submission. She ain't winning this fight in any other way.
1: Yeah. Demopolis, um, as we said, or as I've said, she's always going to be battling uphill a bit. It's not like she has a, a huge uh, physical um, edge on or athletic edge on on most fighters. Uh, She does rely on her scrappiness and her grappling and grappling's going to be difficult in this fight against Murata, so uh Murata is the clear choice but as, as Dan said the only real thing that they gave me pause what was the fact that Murata has been off and not just off but off and injured so um and Demopolis you know she is a low monster she does live up to her her nickname so she really uh really um gives her all every fight so that's another thing to be concerned about but I think it if, if talent will win out in the end, then Murata is going to win this fight. So we're on the same page with all their picks. We're also on our same page with Underdog Fantasy. Because Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Plus, Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go 5 for 5 and pick them Scorchers. And enjoy a spicy 100 times your payout. From now until October the 4th, which is today. So hurry up and get, in it. get this. Hopefully, you can still get this uh, done. You have this. Podcast in your ear holes in time. That's today, October the fourth. Underdog is matching hundred percent of first deposits up to five hundred bucks. So that goes hopefully until midnight tonight. So get in there. Hundred thousand Sundays also continues regardless whether or not you hear this in time. Hundred thousand dollars Sundays continues on under- Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win ten thousand dollars each Sunday. um Do you have an Underdog spicy play, Gumby? Uh, Cowboys higher.
0: Un- <laughs> that that they, they actually uh might be might be underdogs this week, but we're talking about. Uh, rock yeah, players, yeah. I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking Michael Gallup's over on receiving yards. He looked like he had a little uh re- revitalization here, so we're gonna say he's higher than on his receiving yards.
1: All right, there you go, higher than on the receiving yards. So, watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. So Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. N. All right, where are we moving to next? Banner weights on the men's side. Aori Keelang versus Johnny Munoz Jr., who I believe I heard on your podcast this week. Right, Gumby? You did, yes. The one and only Kid Kavembo, we heard, and he is 12-3, and three, two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. He is 2-3 and three in the UFC. Loss win, loss win, loss has been his UFC career thus far. He did lose his last fight, so all things being equaled he should win this fight uh used to fight at bantamweight sorry used to fight uh this one is at bantamweight so he probably used to fight at featherweight i guess is what i meant right i guess so he was a regional champion he's two inches taller two inches of reach on uh aori he has outstruck his ufc opponents by 0.41 strikes a minute he's at minus 105 yori keylang the troublesome mongolian murderer nickname which we've debated in the past what what he's trying to say but anyhow he's 24 and 10. seven knockouts two submissions he's been knocked out once submitted twice one and three in the ufc however he's gone two and one over his last three fights uh he did get knocked out in his last fight used to fight at 125 pounds was a regional champion that um twice more active than munoz and he's been outstruck over his UFC career by 1.08 strikes a minute. He's at minus 110. So this one's pretty much a pick him on the board. I don't think my math, he can't be one in three in the UFC and also two and one over his last three. So I, I believe I got my math wrong there. Anyhow, yeah, um, Kika Bembo is my pick in this pick him fight. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know why it's a pick I don't think A.R.E. has shown that he is actually good at this UFC stuff. So um, Munoz is the pick. Gummy I, could probably I, give you a better description why he's he's probably Gummy's pick too.
0: Well, he's my pick too, but also just like I mean, let's let's look at the uh, the basics here. He he's two and three in the UFC, as you sort of got. Um, yeah. In in the the two guys he beat, not in the UFC anymore. The three guys yeah. he lost to, still in the UFC, with the exception of Jeff Molina. I still don't know whether or not he's in the UFC or not. Uh, that's yeah. a that's a more complicated question, but it's not because of his fighting ability, regardless. Right. Um. But the the thing that sticks out to me the most, if we're we're talking about, you know, like the idea of how we're we're winning this fight, is has had trouble with takedowns. Uh, Cody Durden obviously took him down pretty much at will. Uh, Cody Durden being a flyweight and going up to bantamweight to take him down. Oh, you know, all those times. That that's a bad sign. Uh, although I think that fight actually might have been at flyweight. That might have been Aori going down uh, rather than the other way. And then Jay Perrin took him down a bunch of times. And Jay Perrin does have a wrestling background, but like Jay Perrin is not the level of wrestler that Kid Kavembo is, in my opinion. So I think Kid Kid Kavembo here is going to score a ton of takedowns, a ton of control time, and this should be a pretty easy one for him.
1: All right, all, all the corrections two and three in the UFC for Aori Keelang, correct. That's how he has gone two and one over his last three, and uh, the Jordan fight was flyweight. So there you go, nice. There you nail, go. All right, main nail, event. Nail it. Mm. <laughs> we did, yeah, we nailed it. it. took Took a few few tries, but we nailed it after all. All right, I was going to say main event time, but no, we got one more fight before that. A women's strawweight fight, Karolina Kowalczuk. The the uh, return, the resurrection continues uh, against a Diana Bellabicha this week, um, a Canadian. What we're going to call a beach of the warrior princess um she is 15 and 7 with six knockouts four submissions she's been submitted herself four times two and three in the ufc win-loss-win is what she's gone over the last three fights used fight at 125 and 135 was a chem or is a Kembo champion a kickboxing champion and a karate champion four inches height four inches of reach and 11 years younger than kawakovic uh, more active landing strikes and she has outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.87 strikes a minute. She's at plus 138. Kowakowicz 15 and 7. One knockout, three submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Eight and seven in the UFC. However, she's won three straight fights. Before that, she lost five straight. So I guess the UFC knew what they were doing, not cutting her. Uh, she's not lost since August of 2021. She was a KSW champion in the past life. Also was 1-0 NO in Invicta. used fight at Flyweight 2012 Pro MMA debut. She's got a positive strike differential of 0.18, and she's at minus 160. Go ahead,
0: Gumby. This is a wild one to me. I I can't believe Kowalkovich is not uh, a a much larger favorite. I I mean, like, I I think, and I know people like Belvichia, and and her striking has looked all right from time to time. But, like, if if you look at the fights she's lost, like, they didn't age well. She got out grappled by Molly McCann. Um, And granted, that was, you know, three plus years ago, almost four years ago now. But she got out grappled by Molly McCann. She was easily submitted by Leanna Jojua. She got out grappled by Gloria DePaula and taken down in that fight, too. Like, those are not good resume builders. And her wins are over, you know, the Maria Oliveira one aged pretty well, although she got taken down a couple of times in that fight, too. Uh, and then she beat Hannah Goldie, who's now what, like, owing a lot uh, in her last few, so, like, I, I just don't see Belvichia as being as good as people are giving her credit for. And I, I think we're also knocking Kowalkevich for being the person who lost five in a row. And, like, first of all, let's talk about the five in a row. Jessica Andrade, Alexa Grasso, Jan Chow Nan. like, th- those were legit losses in there. And now she's fighting a slightly lower level of competition. The Felice, Herrigs, and Vanessa Demopolis is of the world. But I think Belvichia fits in in there. And if Kobal Kavich goes back to her grappling the way we've seen her do in her recent fights, you know, especially like the Police Harrig fight where she scored the submission, I think she deals with her really easily there, and I think she hangs enough on the feet. Negative one hundred and sixty seems like a weird price to me.
1: Yeah, I, I will take double K as well. Um, obviously, the size differential is a concern, and uh, as is the age gap. Um, but fade the Canadian Gumby. We'll go with uh, Kobal. You, you, you always fade. You always
0: fade those Canadians.
1: Yep, so pretty sure Bell Beach is gonna win because the Canadians always my fellow Canadians always tend to scream me over here, but yeah, um Kouakevich has looked too good recently to to not give her the benefit of the doubt and pick her here, so she's the pick at what Gumby thinks is a, a very advantageous number. All right, main event time of the prelims, light heavyweights, Felipe Linz versus Jan Kuti Laba. Tell you about Linz first monstro is the nickname. He's 17 and five, nine knockouts four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, three and two in the UFC. However, he dropped his first two, and he's won three straight since then. He's not lost a fight since June of 2020. He used to fight at heavyweight. That's what he was when he was in PFL, where he went 4-0 and o and was the champion there. He also went 3-3 three and three in Bellator as a heavyweight. Uh, 2005 was his pro MMA debut. Inch of height, three inches reach on coup de Labla. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.14 strikes a minute. He's at plus 135. The Hulk kudilaba monster versus to the hulk very good uh comic book type matchup here uh the hulk is 17 nine and one with one no contest 13 knockouts two submissions he has been knocked out three times submitted four times six and eight in the ufc one and three over his last four fights but he did win his last fight via tko probably saved his ufc career with that one fight at heavyweight as well 2012 pro mma debut a sambo champion he's eight years younger than lins better striking stats Better grappling stats and more active landing strikes, and he has a positive strike differential of 1.34 strikes per minute minus 145. Go ahead.
0: Is your turn or mine?
1: Uh, I believe yes, it's my turn. Excuse me. Give me the dog. Give me Monstro lens. He's he's looked very very good recently. Kind of what we we were hoping or people were hoping uh, he would look like heading into the UFC. Uh, and then he didn't start things off so well, but yeah, he's looking really good while. Kudalaba is not looking uh, really good as of as of late, so I think I have more faith in in Lens. Um, age gap obviously is is a concern um, with this one as well, but I, I'm I'm banking on the new and improved or the new look or the new old look of Felipe Lens. So give me him at the dog money. Yeah,
0: he looks great at light heavyweight. Uh, I, I wanted you to go first in this one because I wanted to know if you were also getting in on on Felipe Lins. So we're we're going we're going six for six in in matching in the the prelims. I, I want Felipe Linz here too. He's a, a I mean he's three and zero at light heavyweight. I mean we could sit here and say he's three and two in the UFC, but the bottom line is is, is light heavyweight Felipe Linz, which by the way he he went away for almost two full years to like reinvent his body. He looks ripped. And he's come back and he's being n- not great guys, but good guys, right? Like h- how long has Ovin St. Pru been in the UFC and he knocked him out in 49 seconds. And, you know, he stuffed takedowns from Maxim Grishan and got his own. He's got a hundred percent takedown defense in his career, uh, including stuffing Maxim Grishan a bunch of times. I don't even think he needs to stuff every single shot Kudalaba throws. Uh, he just has to stuff enough so that Kudalaba tires out. I mean, like, that's why Kudalaba lost to Kennedy and Zuchuku. That's why Kudalaba got submitted by Ryan Spann. That's why Kudalaba lost to, or want wound want a draw with Dustin Jacoby, right? Draw with Dustin Jacoby. is because he, like, shoots a bunch of takedowns, and if he doesn't get the finish in there, or he doesn't get enough dominant time entire tire you out, he loses. Um, and I just think that's what's going to happen here against Felipe Linz. Felipe Linz, at this weight class, has got better cardio, and I think he's got all the tools to uh i'll even say this i think he's got all the tools to take him out late
1: Ooh, spicy with it yeah so we both agree on that we agreed on every fight so that's actually should bode well for us we're like 61 or percent or something like that when we are on consensus so let's recap for you here we both have Lins, uh kowakowicz muñoz murata Mendonca, i forgot to put your name down there but you are in on that as well and aldrich there you go get those steam those lines uh, make those picks do all that fun stuff we're gonna be back tomorrow with our main card picks as, as well as our locks dogs props parlays all that fun stuff in the meantime and in between time and at all times we are in the discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord if we're not there then jong will be at all times um, Twitter, you can get a hold of our account there, SGP and MMA, or or not, or and Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox Writer. I'm also that on Instagram. I got a Substack you should subscribe to, at the very least, subscribe to the free subscription and get in the pick 'em contest I run every week. That's moneymma.substack.com. Check it out, see if you like what's on there. Gumby has a top turtle MMA podcast, which you will enjoy. Uh, you definitely w- want to get that. Um, tell the people who is in it, who is. Who is your guest this week? Who are your guests this week as my so, grammar is deteriorating?
0: <laughs> so we're talking to Johnny Munoz, who we mentioned uh, before us, fighting Kila Giori on this fight card. And then we're also talking to Landry Ward, who is the main event of LFA 169 this uh, this Friday. And he is quite a fun, fun prospect. You're going to w- enjoy watching him uh, at a negative 210 favorite last time I saw, which is a spicy number. So uh, get that number and get that interview in your ears.
1: And if you want more LFA 169 news, go back an episode because we just covered that on Monday. So there you go. Um, And obviously, all good things in the sports gambling sphere is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and our Patreon. Don't forget our Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Help us crush corporate gambling. All right. We'll be back very, very shortly with our main card preview. Uh, Until then, who will I remain? Let me check the nicknames here. Oh, of course. Kavembo, Jeff Fox. And uh, riding shotgun tomorrow will be, as per usual, the warrior princess can be Vreeland. Bye-bye.